You're listening to The Chartographers Hello everybody You are listening to The Chartographers It is a music loving podcast For music loving people Where we take every single album By a particular artist And we rank it worst to best And forget the rest You know what the rest is? It's empty calories It's just sugar You don't need it But listen to this podcast You get thinner It's amazing So guys listen We are uh, right now We've had a really amazing season too You guys have been incredible The response has been incredible And we've done nothing But the big artists Alright we've done The king of pop Michael Jackson We've done the king of parody Weird Al Yankovic We've done the king of state history And sadness Sufjan Steve We've done it all uh, But the thing is We decided You know what we're, we want to move into another direction. We want to go ahead and have another mountain we have yet to climb. I actually wanted this as the season finale. Taryn rightly pushed me like, we told the guests we were going to do it like eight months ago, so we're going to do it. Uh, and so we are finally going to do it. That's right. We are going to talk about one of the biggest rock bands in all of history, the group that single-handedly preserved the North American Mud Shark. That's right, guys. We are talking about Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I think they love being remembered for that particular thing. <laughs> I think that's their only accomplishment as far as I'm Deserving concerned. The, exactly. North the North American, American Bunchark. Yeah. Right. Uh, we'll get a happy hour minisode after this. Guys, uh, listen, Led Zeppelin, they are, of course, the uh, British rock group that, through a love of American blues and old early rockabilly music, wound up building off the template for which all of modern rock music is, uh, or, you know, basically, if you want to get down to it. But the thing about it is that what's great about Led Zeppelin is their contradictions. They were a rock band that also had a lot of like folk songs and ballads. They were aggro, aggressive horn dogs with a great Lothario reputation, and yet here they are talking about J.R.R. Tolkien in their lyrics. There's constant contradictions to who and what they are, and that contradictions lead to tension. Tension leads sometimes to great ass music and drama, and that's what we're talking about today. And why are we excited to rank the albums of Led Zeppelin? Because we have an amazing trio here for this very celebration day. That's right. First off, it is me, Evan Soddy, <laughs> host of this podcast. You might also know me as an editor over at Pot Matters. And of course, I couldn't do this podcast without the one other person over here, the page to my plant. That's right. Taryn O'Reilly, the co-founder, co-creator of this podcast. Taryn! Hey! How you doing? I like that. That means I'm the more talented one, right? <laughs> Yes. You're, you're, you're the founder, founding <laughs> member of Led Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. He is the founding like member of this podcast, basically. Yeah. No quarter between us. It's great. But yeah. hey, listen, on top oh of that, God, though. we got so many today. It's so bad. <laughs> I don't want. I, don't, I was trying I, to think of someone to win. I don't. Up. I don't want to leave the listeners dazed and confused. I don't want to do that. So guys, ah. listen. <laughs> this is what the listeners come here for: terrible, terrible puns and pretty much nothing else. <laughs> but on top of that, guys, listen. Like Tara and I, we we could we could do this podcast. We know we know a good amount of Led Zeppelin, but trust us. When I grew, was growing up, my brother, he had a tie-dye Apollo Led Zeppelin logo poster like in his room, and like there are people that know rock music, but then. There is our guest today. The one, the only, he is a songwriter, guitarist for the band Phantom Roar. He has so much knowledge, I can't wait to grab his brain and pick it apart. That's right, the dearly beloved Phil O'Reilly is here at studio. Hello, Phil, everyone. how you doing? I am great. I'm very excited. I moved away from Zeppelin for a while. This was an excuse to get it all back out again and dig back through it. And how was that journey for you? It was... 
<laughs> spectacular and enlightening. All right. <laughs> and that was so measured in your response. Like, I was trying to think of a pun, so I just, but I bailed. So we're, we'll do that. I'll, I'll find one later. You're no fun. Was it later. in the lightning? In the light. I was I'm, in the house of the And holy. that's the end of the episode. Thanks and for thanks for listening. Right. No, I, I, I <laughs> agree with that. So, uh, guys, listen. Uh, we're talking about Led Zeppelin, and they have eight to nine albums, depending on who you talk to. Mm. So let's go through at least the initial core. Of course, there is Led Zeppelin One and Led Zeppelin Two that both came out in 1969. The slightly more acoustic-ish album, uh, Led Zeppelin Three, that came out in 1970. Uh, maybe some people have heard of Led Zeppelin Four slash So So. It came out in 1971. Uh, a little bit more genre experimentally, 1973. Houses of the Holy. Then, of course, there is the double disc epic that is Physical Graffiti from 1975. There's the album they put out in 1976 called Presence. And, of course, there is the uh, final thing that they released uh, while they were still a band together, which was Into the Outdoor in 1979. Synths. Lots of synths. And so, then, on top of it. Synths. <laughs> on top of it, though, uh, it would, there's two. Weird qualifiers we want to get into. One of them, I think, is pretty much obvious. Uh, the song remains the same. The live album they put out in 1976 is kind of a little a bit of a holdover, kind of a you know a, you know a piecemeal thing while they were in the studio. There mm -hmm. was the soundtrack to the film. Uh, yeah. The film is kind of weird. The uh, soundtrack <laughs> is a bunch of songs from the film. And even then, even even real ass Led Zeppelin fans are like, yeah, they, they weren't performing their best that night when they went no, they that for the no, Madison Square Garden concert. So I think we can easily not count that, right? Good. Right, right. Yeah. We can talk about that later. Exactly. But, but the other thing that is here is, of course, a, a weird little twist of the fate in 1982 in the form of the album Coda. Uh, this is after uh, this is after Bonzo died. Uh, and yeah. this is after, and they decided we're not doing a band anymore. If we can't have a drummer, we're not going to fucking do it. Uh, and but they put out this kind of this, like not a rarities album, more of an outtakes album. Right, uh, as exactly. Kind of, as kind of the quote unquote coda, get it to their uh, legacy. Uh, I mean, it is sort of a rarities album though, because literally they, I think it these was are outtakes. Page who said like there are so many bootlegs mm -hmm. of these songs out there mm -hmm. that we might as well put out official versions. Yeah. And during the 2014-2015 Led Zeppelin reissue campaign, Coda was very much considered a part of that lineage, as part of the quote-unquote core albums, at least as Led Zeppelin themselves perceive it. Right. So that, and so even though it has stuff like a live version of I Can't Quit You Baby, which is, of course, a song that appears off of Led Zeppelin 1 way back in the day, um, you know, like, there's there's still, the, again, these kind of outtakes, and also a song called Fucking Bonzo's Montreux, which is... You know, we'll get into that. But uh, the other thing we want to talk about there is that whether or not we included on our ranking of their albums worst to best. Phil, where do, where do you fall on this? Well, I mean, <laughs> when I think of, like, the studio albums, I think of, like, new... They're doing new work. They're releasing stuff that's they recorded in that year in those sessions. But, I mean, but, if you go that way, physical graffiti... Yeah, this was going to say, but I mean, it's like some of the other ones are... I, you know what? We can we can leave it in. We can leave, leave it, it in. in. You want to leave sure. it in? Sure. Leave it in. I'm cool with that. Okay. I mean, I, I I guess I'm cool with that too. I I was definitely waffling on that this week, just because I mean it does have a live version of a song they previously released, which usually is for it, us a qualifier. is, is yeah. means that we don't include it. But sure, but it's only one song. I'm also fine leaving it in because it's better than one of the official albums. So, oh, oh, I will. I'll agree with that. If we're going off that point, but and then also your point of on, on I forgot physical graffiti has some stuff that 
was recorded earlier that they released. Like the song Houses of the Holy, weirdly not yeah, included on their album. That's, yeah. the Holy. that's also Which why it's a double album, because yeah. they recorded like just barely more material than would be a normal album so they were like well let's put all these other songs on it too. indeed so on top of it though uh the most important thing about this podcast i wanted to note that in studio right now taryn and phil are both wearing led zeppelin t-shirts that is a thing that has happened that is real but phil when he came into the studio he didn't just have the t-shirt he brought multiple books tabbed <laughs> and bookmarked and indexed of indeed. stuff he'd been researching indeed in the week leading up to this so indeed he also when i sent him the link to uh when train and last year recorded led zeppelin two song for song i'm like for no apparent why do, it's i'm like don't you love it phil he didn't seem to realize i'm like no it's a joke i understand it's the stupidest fucking thing yeah <laughs> okay well i couldn't tell at first because i was like i was like you know it's not it's not terrible there's just no, not, no point to it's, it but i'm like when i when i think of train i think of like the greatest soul rock sister. band of all right. time right and then i'm or like, like right what's calling all angels is that there? yeah yeah or drops of jupiter or whatever that one is and i'm like <laughs> listen i'm, I'm like, telling you right now chartographers would do a train podcast just so we get shit on them so hard through like two hours i would no, do it we would absolutely do yeah. it i wouldn't be fuck here you that. have monahan uh you have that one good song it's called eggplant all right so guys listen uh we're gonna go ahead and do it we're gonna do all gonna nine do albums all. of it uh led zeppelin one through four house of the holy physical graffiti presents into the outdoor and coda so Guys, woo. Now listen here. First off, I know there are some hardcore Zeppelin that are going to be like, well, why can't it be a nine-way tie? Because, like, you know, it's Zeppelin. They're impunable. No, no. Oh, no because one they, have garbage, <laughs> they have some garbage mixed no in with that. No one who has up. listened yeah. to my number nine pick will say, why can't it be a nine-way tie? But, like, but the other thing is that we are putting masterpieces against <laughs> it. So listen. I like your accent used for that, too. <laughs> Yeah. Why can't it be a non-way tie? All of our, su- all of our southern photographers <laughs> fans, Georgia, shout out right there. But uh, listen, but like the thing is, these are in some cases there are masterpieces being pitted against each other. Will yes. your album get to number one? I don't know. I really don't know. So that's the part of the joy of it. But let's start it with the easy thing. Special guest Phil O'Reilly. Mm. Ranking one through nine, number nine. Just out of curiosity, because we always have to ask it, Phil. In your opinion, what is the worst? Led Zeppelin album. Ninth best, if you're hardcore. No, the worst. Uh, <laughs> in Through the Outdoor. Interesting. All it's, right. That's, that is an acceptable choice. Now, let's get a little bit about what In Through the Outdoor was. First off, it was the longest break they had between albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, between 1976's Presence and uh, 1979. There was a lot of stuff that went down, uh, including, I believe this is the time when, uh, after Robert Plant had lost his son... Right. Uh, so they still weren't touring as much anymore. They're doing a lot of things. And also, at the same time, uh, of course, you know, brilliant guitarist, songwriter Jimmy Page, and, uh, you know, the great uh, John Paul Jones, uh, they were also dealing with... Uh, no, not John no, Paul Jones, sorry. Yeah. John Bonham. John Bonham, yeah, John they were Bonham dealing the with, drummer. They were dealing with the massive addiction problems at the time, too. So basically, yes. Robert Plant and John Paul Jones were in the studio together, and John Paul Jones, he just got this brand new synthesizer thing. You know, like, right, he's yeah, like, he's... guys... This is really fun. We should write some songs with it. Yeah. So a lot of that album is them writing a lot of songs with the synthesizer. That to me is is part of the reason why it's the worst. And I'm not trying to bash John Paul Jones because he's great, but if we're talking what I enjoy about Led Zeppelin is the hard rock guitar and mm-hmm. it's not uh, with the exception of maybe like in the evening it's yeah. not. It's not. It's not as pre- as present. Right. Well, this whole album is albums, very much yeah. not a rock album for the yeah, most part. I for feel sure. Like I can say that. For yeah, sure. Yeah. No. It, this is this is a late seventies pop album for yes, sure. Yes. Definitely. Because, and, yeah. Go ahead. And you can you can hear. I mean, it still has some like 
some of the old styles that they've done, like when they pull out Hot Dog, which might be my least favorite song on here, but, but it's it is. Elvis <laughs> they love Elvis so good. And they also much. like yeah, in the evening, I I yeah. is like pretty good. And I actually think that Southbound Suarez is like it, really it's, fun. It's like their Who moment. Like I yeah, think this, this sure, is kind of like their, their Who moment. Who yeah, sure, sure. Which is, I which can is see also that. ironic because John Enwistle actually is the guy who came up with the name Led Zeppelin to begin with. And that's I mean yeah 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 that totally makes sense. And that's, I've, I've said this earlier this week, In Through the Outdoor is a bad Led Zeppelin album. Absolutely. But if you don't listen to it as a Led Zeppelin album and just (laughs) listen to it, it is, it's like, Uh, I suppose. Well, like like it has, it has its moments. Yeah. Um, All of my love is just cheesy as fuck. Yeah. That that synth sound has not aged well. I mean, it really has. We know everybody's singing it out there. Also, John also, Paul Jones, he said, like, that was the greatest vocal. No, I thought it was John Bonham said that. Oh, did he? You keep okay. mixing them up. Uh, the Johns. One of the Johns said um, But that's, he this also, I think, show. yeah, it's funny that John Bonham said that, because I think he sounds like shit on that song. But um, yeah. also, though, can we talk about how Carousel Alhambra is kind of baller? After, yes! After, Holy shit! After you get through the first, like, four and a half minutes. Which I never this, can. Of this so that's part of the over reason Over ten why. minute song. Right. Yeah. The yeah. second, like, the second and third movements are like, oh! It has oh, kind of this guitar slowner, okay. stoner slowdown that... Yeah. It's it's solid. Like, it's this really it's fascinating. Like I wouldn't call Fair it enough. a great song. There's parts of it I like. Also, Fool in the Rain is the song that I think perpetually is about to break out into the Pina Colada song at oh, any given goddamn yeah. I mean, they have, well, they, yeah. literally have, they literally have a samba breakdown yeah, in exactly. the middle of which Fool in the Rain. Which is one of the things, yeah, like, I appreciate it, but it's also, like... Again, which is why... I mean, I'm if we're comparing, like, what's the worst Led Zeppelin <laughs> album, it might be great. a great, you know... I don't, I don't, I can't think, I don't know pop music. It might be great. I, I was <laughs> about to be like, it might, it, might, it might be a great late 70s pop person I mean, insert great here. is but, a strong word. It's been, I'm, but, I'm saying this it's is the Billy terrible. Ocean album. Let's be so, real. So okay? my, mine is In Through the Outdoor. I don't know what else. Now, here's the thing. I, I genuinely feel like In Through the Outdoor isn't going to rise very high. Mm-hmm. However... However, I um, want to toss out something. Oh, but Terrence, no, toss you, out something you no, first. toss it. Uh, I'm tossing out presents. Yeah. Here's the thing about presents. <sighs> presents, aside from a few moments, and by few moments I mean Achilles' last stand, and actually T for one. Uh, a presents basically yeah, more than Led Zeppelin one sounds like a debut album, and I mean that. It's basically kind of this very mm. cut down, very kind of basic. It's yeah. not imaginative. Rock. It's right. It's missing its edge. Yeah. It's missing well, its. It's like innovation, mm. which is something that you hear so much through those first six albums that it's just like, when you get to presence, you're like, where are the hooks? I think part of it t- is sure. too is that like the riffs aren't as catchy, and then they also don't have like a a good like vocal hook on them right they're, they're kind of a little bit more generic to a degree which yeah it's like i mean i like hot song for nowhere is like it's got a, it's got a little bit of a vibe to it it's got a little bit of kind of a you know a little jangle to it but like royal orleans for your life like these aren't songs that are like lasting legacy starters by any means whatsoever i mean the appeal i i, I wanted to i i'm checking my texts oh my god um the uh <laughs> of i i because i couldn't remember the exact story about royal orleans but Royal Orleans was a hotel in the French Quarter of, of New Orleans, 
uh, a place where the band relaxed and enjoyed life in, in an intimidable... What? In middle... Imitable? Imitable. I can't read either, guys. Fashion. I know all this crap about every metal band in the 80s and every hard rock band in the 70s, but I can't read, guys. They spent a lot of time in gay bars where they found the drag queens more fun than boring, quote, straights and can drink without being hassled. Well, and for the record, have you seen any of the uh, mid-70s era Jimmy Page outfits when he was on stage? That man was a a flashy-ass motherfucking dresser. And then when you have your lead singer who has an open shirt and no underwear. Yeah, I'm just saying. Apparently there's a lot lot of nonsense going on. I guess the reason I I like Presence more than In Through the Outdoor is because... Achilles' last stand is so epic. It is. It's true. And if you if you see any live version that they play it from like the nineteen seventy nine Nebworth concert where they play uh, Achilles' last stand is some of the best drumming from Bonzo and some of the best guitar playing from Page ever. And nobody's fault but mine is a song. like it's a song. You're right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a song that exists. Uh, some of their heaviest stuff, like heaviest riffing, I think. Like it just doesn't. I mean, it doesn't but lead see, to a good amalgam. But see, like, but then you're. Result. But I agree. I mean, Royal Orleans. Yeah. Candy Store Rock. And yeah. Hot's Hot's on, on for nowhere, which I can't even like say. So. Yeah. Out. I, yeah, I don't really like that one. You know, so. But yeah, so that and so that's the, the thing too. We're like, huh? I feel like with Into the Outdoor, I know it's mm. not the least Led Zeppelin one, but like even on a hot dog where they do the Selvis riff, like there's at least a little bit of fun. Even with the, with the craziness of Carousel Ambra, there is at least trying new things. I can give Into the mm-hmm. Outdoor a little bit of credit despite its dated nature, unlike Presence, which weirdly feels like an obligation. Yeah, of an I album. think that's the other thing. Obligation. Is that, mm, yeah. If, is that if you if you took In Through the Outdoor and gave it actual good synths. <laughs> it'd, it'd be a better like album, re, right? Re, yeah. Re-recorded like, the synth parts. Don't, yeah. Like, don't change anything else than just re-record the synth parts with, 38 years with later, synths that yeah. don't sound like yeah. actual EDM. garbage. I think that it would be a very enjoyable album. Um, with and I, and it, it, it has more songs on it that I actually like f- felt myself going back to this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe. Kind well, of, sort of. I'll, for Listen, the sake of... <laughs> yeah, you don't, have to, you don't have to say anything. If we need to outvote, we will outdo it. Because I'm, telling, I'm, t- I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, the only reason why I would team up with Taryn and outvote on this situation is because I am not going to win a lot of victories later on in this podcast. <laughs> I can tell you my opinions are going to be hated. So that's just me. Wow. Yeah. Well, I hate just saying it out there like that. Yeah. We're, well, you guys. I want all the real Zeppelin <laughs> fans to know that it's them twos, not me. Uh, saying that presence is the worst, are we? I would say, I would say, listen. If we put presence at number nine, I would also put into the outdoor at number eight. Oh, absolutely. That is that is. I'll I'm go with that. Okay. I'll go yeah. for that. That sounds I'll good. Go for In that. that case, the ranking has been decided. Presence number nine, into the outdoor number eight, and I think that also makes our number seven pretty obvious too. We, I mean, we have to put Coda here. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. I'm not putting Coda above no, any no, of those no, other things. No, 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 not yeah. even, not even. And the close. thing is, I know for a fact there are Zeppelin fans that actually have a little bit of a heart for a uh, heart for Coda too. Because listen, sure. also, I want to say that listen, we're gonna groove is I think a pretty great opener. Yeah, like, they that used is, it like, a lot the, in the genuine early lost classic. Like they're in. The they used it a lot in their in their early their late '60s, early '70s concerts as an opener 
One of which was the Royal Albert Hall concert, yes. which is great. The, which is also where the I Can't Quit You Baby is from. Well, I think that's, that's where this recording. type of yeah. uh, We're Gonna Groove is from, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's... Yeah. Um, and then okay, you said that's Wal- what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. You're right, buddy. I'm with you. Uh, <laughs> Walter's Walk, family, family. too, was used a lot. The Like the... Part... Um, was uh, I'm air guitaring too, just so you know, with <laughs> my left hand. For those on a video podcast, uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> premium subscribers, right? <laughs> premium, yeah, oh, boy. Um, <laughs> but that was used a lot in um, Dazed and Confused when they would, you know, do their 30 minute epic. Mm-hmm. Page would throw those riffs in a lot, so mm-hmm. obviously they enjoyed using that. And I, what what's funny about Coda is if you buy like like I did the deluxe editions. The extra stuff that they included with Coda, I like a lot. Yeah. Hey, hey, what can I do? Yeah. The, yeah. Traveling yeah. Riverside Blues. Right. Exactly. Uh, hey, hey, White what can Summer. I do is like really solid. Right, right. It's really good song. Really good song. So, I'll I'll put it. I'll agree with that at seven. Yeah. Absolutely. And and so and, and also like I would I also want to throw out a quick thing for poor Tom on there because yeah. I feel like that's like that's again that's they kind of that's my style a little song bit right. Like and I, I wasn't really <laughs> expecting to get into it, but like again, when they repurpose blues stuff the way that they do, like they do it so differently from a lot of other bands. Seriously, in in the time, because you think about like it, a lot of times there were bands in the era in the late '60s, early '70s that were taking American blues and they were just doing these straightforward, basically whitish, white ass versions of it. Just like for oh, example. Yeah. Early yeah. Fleetwood Mac. Yes. There's a reason we did not talk about Early Fleetwood Mac when we, we did, did our Fleetwood episode. Mac episode because it's all like really straightforward blues. But it's white people doing it. So like it's just kind of this, okay. Thanks, guys. I mean, yeah. there's a whole British blues explosion and that's where these bands came from. Yeah, Absolutely. but they repurposed it so much better than anyone else. But yeah, Coda, you know, it's fine. It also has Bonzo's Montreux, which he drums a lot and then Paige adds a lot, a bunch of fucking wow. stuff. Like, as a production standpoint, it's pretty cool, <laughs> but like, I, it's, no. just There's people. no other way to make that sound without adding shoulder. Alright, cool. Alright, guys, so in that case, number nine, Presence. Number eight, Into the Outdoor. Number seven, Coda. Listen, the easy part is done. We've made it through here, and now it the gets shit. so much harder. We only have an hour, right? <laughs> exactly. We can, so we can take as much time as we right. need. So that being said, we've gone through three albums. I think it's fair to rotate it back. Oh, I'm, I'm loving and dreading and hating this next one that's about to happen. Phil. Yeah. Number six. Oh, God. What? And again, it's a debate. No one's right. minds are settled. You know, we all have different yeah. opinions. I yeah. would be willing to be swayed one way or another. It's so hard. What would you, I know. What would you put at number six? What's your gut telling you? And I'm not even six would be. Well, okay. So here's here's the thing about listening to stuff. I had my list all ready to go, and then I listened to parts of Physical Graffiti on the way up here, and I'm like, this stuff is so good. So that bumped it up. So I'm gonna have to go with. I'm gonna have to go with the with with Led Zeppelin one. No. 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 I'm gonna have to go with Led Zeppelin one. It's a really no! close, and I knew, and I, I knew like really early on this week as Evan was telling me some of his opinions, I was like, oh god, we're gonna fight so much. Um, yeah, absolutely, god. and 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 just I would say just barely below physical graffiti. So yeah. we can talk about that next because I know that and Evan I'm gonna will have some. Defense, I'm gonna but... say I'm gonna say too, Led Zeppelin one is a fantastic blues hard rock record. Yeah, but. When you stack it up against the other six, it's like that is their debut album. So yeah. it's like they're just starting to find 
their footing, I feel like. And it's only solidified in later records. Exactly. Like, I'll get to that. I'm just going to... And, and here's the other thing, too, is... If we're if we're to, I'm thinking about songwriting too. Mm-hmm. A lot of the first album are cover songs or interpretations Inter- of other people's stuff. Of Blue Sanders. Um, yeah. Right. So that's another reason why I'm like, you know, you have other records that have really awesome stuff that they actually wrote, or well, it depends on which bands mm. are suing them, but uh, <laughs> they wrote. So I'm gonna say that. Since. Yeah. Yeah. I can be swayed, though. I mean, I, I had In Through the Outdoor as my least, and you swayed me there, but... Yeah. I, I would definitely agree. I would say Good Times, Bad Times is such a phenomenal opening statement for, right. a, like, a debut first track. Like, it's just, it's it shows you exactly what you're in for, for, like, their whole discography. Absolutely. And But then after that... I, I will, and I would also say the, the first two tracks, "Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You." Also, it has this whole. I yeah. mean, it's like six minutes, right? Yeah, and it at, just at least. it goes through all these different and that catawall um, that he has, of like the movements <laughs> and. So again, oh, it's great. It's, it's just that there's so the, much. That's the that's the that's the twenty five or six to four. Yeah, like, that they just. Except that twenty five or six to four came out two years after this. Well, there you go. So, so they, did, yeah. they didn't copy that one. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that later. I, Lemon song. I but looked that we'll up into earlier that later. today. A whole lot of love. We'll get into that later. <laughs> Since I've been loving you. Yeah. Keep going. No, there's a roll off the hits. And if exactly. you talk to the band, okay, is it the band? Well, we need, we'll get to it right. later. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm sidetrack, sidetrack. I also really dig Your Time Is Gonna Come. Yeah, no. Yeah. They, it's almost it's almost a Rolling Stones song, basically. Yeah, kind of. Coming. Really? Your time is gonna come. I was gonna say it kind of felt like a late stage Paul McCartney number. Yes, but I can see that too. Yeah, I no, can no, see no, that yeah. too. But the, I mean, I also think about that because you can't always get your want was basically their version of Hey Jude anyway. Right. So, well, you know, yeah. and then well, and then Communication Breakdown is straight it, is that's like a punk rock song oh, before punk rock. Yeah, totally. And that that absolutely yeah, because yeah. that, that the communication again, breakdown. What are you guys talking about? You're talking about fucking great songs all the way I know, straight. I know we're, we're contradicting that. We're like, <laughs> we're like this is exactly, all so great. Like, and here's but let's let's dive into the butt because I know what the butts are. The butts are you shook me, which is the seven minute long fucking it's like. Just, oh, but it's so. I mean, again, this is we think about what their debut album is. When I was listening to it this week, I weirdly enough, I was going straight through. But the way my computer had organized it, it was done in like alphabetical order. So started with Coda, and then it went through Into the Outdoor, and then it went yeah. through Into the. And so it was one of the things where like starting with those latter albums, like listening to it straight through, and then all of a sudden Led Zeppelin. Boom! Like it just bops you so hard. It's an explosion. Especially but, if you start with the right. later album. And the thing is that you talk about, you read some of the interviews. You talk about how Robert Plant, how he said that he did, was really weir- worried that he would actually, he didn't think he was going to be in the band after the first album because, like, this is really hard on my voice to keep doing these fucking yeah, songs. Yeah, well, you can tell uh, by later exactly. tours. For sure. Yes, you can. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. at the same token, though. Uh, like the thing is, this really is a fully formed debut, and I know they were basing all this stuff off of these, uh, off of these blues songs right. that they knew well, really well in the studio. Well, they'd already done mm-hmm. a, f- 
fucking tour together right. as exactly. the Yardbirds. Like they had their sound. But the then new, again, the, the new Yardbirds. Excuse me, the new Yardbirds. Yeah, I'm sorry for yeah. you historians out there. But the thing is that like this is just such a fully formed thing. Right off the bat, dazed and confused is this leery, sneering, sinister little number that just kind of like when you have that like that, that Jake that, to- that Jake Holmes wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you have that guitar squeal that sounds like a person's voice, that. Like, right. man, like it is right. just it, it's the thing is you get such diversity of elements even that little acoustic part of uh, Black Mountain Side which is just a right. little two minute little ditty riff right. and it's still just which he did which, fun. which which Paige did on several other records or at least a couple other times yeah. too yeah. adding little things in there so what is what's your counter then my, convince me exactly so my counter and here's the thing you got to keep in mind look at what we're up against physical graffiti house of the holy led zeppelin 2 4 and also Led Zeppelin 3. <laughs> Fuck no. No. Okay, so here's what we're going to get into a little bit there. Because here's the thing. When you think about Led Zeppelin 3, I, I also, I want to point out how all the... You could talk about the worst song on Led Zeppelin 1. Is it, it, when you say the worst song of Led Zeppelin 1 is somehow worse than Hats Off to Roy Harper, is that what you're going to tell me right now? Right now in the studio? So you're... So no, you're, but... but, but it, so your, your, pick is, your pick is 3 for 6, right? Yes. Okay. But Led Zeppelin 3 has an extra song. And it's hats off to Roy Harper. <laughs> Listen, not the... <laughs> no, but really though, hats off to Roy Harper. Uh, not to spoil anything, might be my pick for worst. It, it's a garbage song. piece. It's garbage, yeah. and it's and it's not even. I mean, it's like full. What's what's the style they're doing there? It's like folksy almost, and there's a lot of like. I think you're thinking of folk happening. garbage. Folk garbage, sure. <laughs> but, then, a new genre. but then also, Paige applied this filter to plant the vocal trollo, yeah. that, that like brings the volume in like loud it's not, and It's and not high. great. It's, yeah. it's, like, it's not great. It's like obnoxious. But, but, here, but here's the thing. We also want to provide a little bit of context for those who aren't like hardcore Zeppelin heads. Their debut album was recorded quick and dirty within about 36 hours over the course right. of a few weeks. Led Zeppelin 2 was recorded as they were on tour. Like, they would get off a date, right. have a couple days in the studio. That kind of stuff just, just doesn't happen in it any... It wasn't, yeah. like, a couple days in the studio. Yeah. They'd have, like, three hours in a studio, like, before they went to the venue for a performance, yeah. and then they'd yeah. get back on the plane, yeah. and then they'd land in a different city. So, right. like, a lot of these songs were recorded piecemeal in tons of different yeah. studios. Well, and you have to think, too, like, 69 is when they're, like, touring hard. Like, there's hard. so, so many, and they're getting so, so many yeah, shows... Like, I have a whole book that's basically they're, they're nearly basically. nearly nearly every show they played and what they played and where they played and why they played. But the other thing is they that even like, include stuff shows that were it just says canceled. Yeah. I don't know why you'd want to know that, but in hey, case at least you you're wondering it. about that show at the so, Hammersmith Odeon in uh, November twenty fifth, nineteen sixty nine, it was canceled. Are, are there like whole like pages where it just says canceled, canceled, canceled? Uh, like, well, some of the, the some of the we'll talk about the book in a bit. Well, but, okay. well yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. But yes, like, that's they were doing the... all these things, and also they were getting much better reception in the states than they were in the UK. Absolutely. UK press was like really didn't like them a lot. No, They're not like, at all. You know, Jeff Beck's a really great blues guitarist. I don't know why you want to try and fucking follow Jeff Beck, you assholes. Right. But the thing is, Led Zeppelin three and also Led Zeppelin four. They founded a state, uh, Granger, whatever the fuck it's Headley called. Headley Grange, yeah. Thank you. And uh, the thing is that they went ahead and mm-hmm, they went mm-hmm, on. To mm-hmm, this... That was later. Yeah. This is Bronnie R. 
Yeah, Bronny R. Yeah, sorry. Bronny R. And they went ahead and recorded parts of 3 and 4 on this kind of isolated English estate. And so a lot of people said, right. that leads to a little bit more of an acoustic sound. Led Zeppelin 3 is kind of their acoustic album. And the right. thing is, that is like kind of the general populist perception of it. But right. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? It opens with Immigrant Song, one of the greatest charging hard rock sounds that they ever did. And also that vocal hook. I can't imagine people like... Putting that on and that being the first thing is it's just this charging rhythmic guitar. Yeah. And then what Pat, uh, Plant does the best, big like Viking scream yeah. of like, yeah. I'm about to burn and pillage this Come whole the town. Land of the ice and right, snow. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then the, the bass line, the little, 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 that to me is why I would put three above one. Song, one. one song. No, 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 not not just that, not just that. Although, I mean, if we're gonna do one song to, <laughs> to rank any, it would be the immigrant song would push me over for anything. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But the fact that you know people give a lot of crap to like this, all oh, this acoustic crap, blah blah blah, but. This stuff, especially in later tours, they would sit down and do like a three or four song acoustic set in the middle of their shows, which I think is so cool. Yeah, that they like would they're do. They're just on stools. They would start and with their, just has like a tambourine yeah. with a little like right, powder. exactly. And yeah. and uh, and uh, John Paul Jones, you know, which I kind of joked with my bass player. You know, bass players have to learn how to play six or seven instruments because they just get asked to so. So John Paul Jones knows how to play mandolin. So he's playing mandolin, and then he has like this bass pedal thing that he's using. And so my point being is that <laughs> I love the acoustic stuff on three. Uh, Since I've been loving you is one of the yes. best slow blues jams out there. Absolutely. Um, out uh, out on the tiles. Um, yeah, that, that surprised me. That I is love that song. A surprise in those. I love that song. Yeah. I love that song because. Not only is it great, the Zeppelin version great, and they use the introduction that they use that they use that for when they used when they would play Black Dog Live. They have I have some recordings of them using that opening lick and then going into Black Dog, so that's awesome. Plus, I love there's several cover versions of that song that I really like, which I think kind of shows if it's a good song and it can be covered well. Yeah. Um, Blind Melon, surprisingly, does a really great cover of that song. And then Jimmy Page and the Black Crows have probably the best version of that. But we can talk about yeah, that Yeah, exactly. Later. But anyways. But, and Gallows Pole is a fun, you know, fun Yeah, song. oh, Gallows Pole's great. Gallows Pole, I was like, eh, when I first heard it. But listening to it over and over again this week, I love it because it's it's acoustic guitar and then, like, a banjo comes in later. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. he's, it's but still, they're still doing like the full, full like rock, rock yeah. strumming and like he's doing. Oh, it's it's his it's screech. definitely acoustic like, rock. I it mean, is for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also, I well, I think that that's the way is like up there with one of the best songs really? they've ever recorded. I fucking love that song. It's a great. It's definitely, in my opinion, one of the best ballads that like slower acoustic ballads. Yeah. There's some yeah. great harmony on it. There's some great. Yeah. It's so that Bring to, me, fun too. to me. Led Zeppelin 3 speaks more to what Led Zeppelin became. You have basically a mix of everything that is Led Zeppelin on it. Now they do it way better on 4, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, you it's have an opener that's just like, basically, it's a metal song. It's basically yeah. heavy metal yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. You have 
friends. Celebration day is great. Celebration day is great. Friends you have a slow blues song. You have like a middle, a mid-level rocker, and then all this great acoustic music. Besides, hats off to Roy Harper. <laughs> uh, all this great acoustic music. So that's why I would say it's better than the premiere because it kind of was but, the shift. But but you were also mentioning something about physical graffiti too. Yeah. Initially, that was your also your number six pick. Walk now. Here's the thing. I want to walk you through because physical graffiti again. This is after after House of the Holy came out. They had to renegotiate their contract with Atlantic, and one of the things they got yeah. out of it was their own imprint, Swan Song Records. Uh, and part of the thing about Swan Song, they got to sign other bands. Their first signee was Bad Company, and that proved to be a really great business decision. It, the record label wound up closing three years after they broke up, but. Uh, the thing is that physical graffiti was the first thing it's that came out there. It's all part of the rock and roll fantasy. Oh, I know. And it was just full-blown, like, every different style, every different style, and, like, everything they could possibly throw together in one place. Sure. So, as such, it's simultaneously, I would argue, even more than even more than House of the Holy, even more than Into the Outdoor, I would argue it is their most ambitious album. And when you have, it's almost like their white album, basically. Not just because of the double disc thing, but because they try so many different fucking styles. And some in of here. them fail. Some yeah. of them fail Royally. spectacularly. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's dive into a little bit of everything. I you know I initially didn't like Down by the Seaside because it it has kind of a slow burn to it. It's kind of this little like synthy bluesy little romp, and then it kind of like builds up. It's got, it got that a, second it, part, yeah. and third suite, and that other thing. Well, but, here's yeah. the thing about here's the thing about physical graffiti. If we're gonna get into it, because mm-hmm. here we go. Here we uh, go. That first, the first L- LP of Physical Graffiti, which is Custard, Custard Pie, Pie Rover, In My Time of Dying, House of the Holy, Trample Underfoot, Cashmere. If they had just released that on its own, that that's a flawless... That's, that would, that all six good. of those songs are great. It's unfortunately when you get into the second LP, where which I think they kind of intentionally... I think, I think somewhere along the line they knew... That the second one wasn't as strong. That's why it's. That's why there's the one. The second, song. right? I enjoy on the second LP. I mean, like, I'll just. I'm glad they decided to put it out also because I actually really enjoy In the Light. Perfect, um, awesome. I think Bron Your R. Yeah. Is any is song that song. has Bron Your R in the title is actually pretty great. I'm just gonna it's say like, right now. I, like, it's, it's a really, great. It's a great little acoustic lick. It's it's exactly. It's, cool. it's very yeah. cool. And then I also really enjoy Night Flight. Uh, that one kind of kind of snuck up on me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. But then, but like, then it's ruined with Boogie with Stew. Boogie, oh, Boogie with Stew is goofy. Uh, but it's the fact goofy. that the fact that Boogie with Stew, uh, sick again. Yeah. Boogie with Stew sounds like a really bad Steely Dan. <laughs> shout out to our dads song. Uh, <laughs> title, I mean, uh, yeah. it just sounds like a really bad like title. But I do like my favorite song probably on the record uh, on this. When I say record, I mean the second album. Yeah. Uh, is, is ten years final. gone? Yeah, um, ten years gone. Yeah, and not the, re- a bad choice. No, the reason I the reason I like it is I, I I don't know like I feel like the way he delivers the vocal is great. I've heard live versions of it where the solos is just extended. I I don't know if you guys know this, but they do extended jams on their songs. Um, <laughs> that what? just blows my mind. Live, the live what? songs were longer. I also like Black Country Woman um, just because really? of the, I like it. I like it. <laughs> Not necessarily for the song, but the studio part of it that has the very beginning where there's a like a plane flying over, mm-hmm. and he's like the 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 producer's like should we roll it, Jimmy? And he's like and he's like wait a minute, and he's gonna stop and then plants in this extremely gravelly voice like yeah, don't leave it. I don't know why I love that so much, 
but that, I love that, it. That's what sells the song. That's to okay. me. That's what sells the song. <laughs> it's actually also kind of a person. It's about um, Robert Plant cheating on his wife. Basically, mm-hmm. it's about how that's fun. Yeah, which I'm not advocating that at all. Just yeah. so we're clear. <laughs> the chartographers just do not endorse adultery. Let's yeah, just get not it out in, there. Let's make have, that the bumper sticker, guys. We Look have no. We have no. Uh, you guys have no like sponsorship from Ashley Madison or any of that. We're no. not related and to we that at all. And we did do that episode on Fleetwood Mac too. So you exactly. Know, exactly. There together. you go. Exactly. British and then uh, sick again. It's okay. But here's the other thing, though. But, like, like when you talk about physical graffiti, we talk about these things on the worst app. And the thing is that, like, as much as you want to talk about, there's more songs in here. There's more great songs on here. We're talking about the albums. We have to consider the album as a whole. We can't just excuse you're right. those other songs on the back end. But that being said, let's. Talk <laughs> but you about, want to excuse the albums? Let's, that, the no, songs no, 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 on the back no, 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 no. I don't want to excuse them. But when you have that first LP, I, I'll be honest. Custard Pie doesn't really do it for me. I would agree. But, I would but agree. when you got. When you have the fucking Rover, which is like, like I think that's like some of my favorite uh, page guitar playing. And then when you have, uh, I mean, Cashmere, obviously. Okay, but okay, let's stop for a second about Cashmere, because there was interviews that Jimmy Page has done where people have asked, like, what do you think the most definitive Led Zeppelin song is? And you keep expecting the answer to be, of course, you know, Start With Heaven. And he keeps saying Cashmere is the definitive Led Zeppelin song. And I kind of agree. I would, I would, I would, I would see that. I could see that. Honestly, I could see that. For me, Cashmere took the success of Stairway to Heaven as like permission yeah. to be what it is. Absolutely. And it's so much. Darker. Well, they needed a new. They needed a new Stairway. I mean, if we're gonna go back to Presence for just a second, uh-huh. I think that if you look, they you know they started off with Stairway as their first, arguably their first big epic song. They got Cashmere, which is their. Their second big epic. They tried to go for a third with Achilles. It's not as good as the other two. It's still but it's solid. Great. It's still solid. Right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so that's what I'm saying is that I think, I mean, Cashmere is, it's in an awesome tuning, dadgad tuning, which is rarely used. It's like, I think it's like a sitar tuning. Yeah. It's got all the great yeah. elements of what makes Zeppelin great. It's in a, it's in a really, it's in a weird meter where like Bonzo's playing in, in like four, four, where the riff is in three and it's like lining up brilliantly. Oh yeah, I think I remember yeah, that. Yeah, the riff is exactly. in like 12, 8 or something. Yeah, it's, it's something ridiculous. There and, just, and there was this one yeah. article I was reading kind of talking about like essentially audio, like optical, not like optical illusions, but audio illusions. Like, uh, you know, like Jeff Jeff Tweedy of Wilco, he loves doing stuff that just fucks with the audios of things. But yeah. that riff is like those chords yeah, in that order, it's like constantly escalating. Like even though it's oh, repeating yeah. itself, it feels it's like building. it's on this constant it's building build. Constantly. And then, the, and then the orchestra comes in to bring it down, but it's still right. like it's, also, yeah. is it an orchestra? Because I was listening to it, and I think those are synth strings. Well, yeah, when 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 they played it live, it's, it's definitely synth. Yeah. And I think I think is it like a mix of both? Because yeah. like on Cashmere, I really couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. For um, just to talk about a different album quickly on Rain song mm-hmm. which i also fucking love mm-hmm. those are definitely oh, we're talking about rain song those are definitely synth strings and i hate it because it could be it could be like absolutely gorgeous if they had shelled out for a real orchestra like this is post zeppelin 4 you could have afforded yeah real strings on but this john paul jones loves his fucking synthesizers right yeah you know, and i'm sure that's, that's what it is exactly. but the thing is i don't mind it in that context because 
what he does there sounds a little bit more acceptable than what he does with fucking uh, All of My Love or that other annoying, well, cloying, dated right. shit. Like, yeah. the sense that he had there feels appropriate for the era, and as such, I don't feel like necessarily dates it and in that's, too heavy that's a way. the weirdest thing, is that, like, how could, how do the synths you have in 1973 sound on songs sound better than the synths you use on the entire album in 79? But mm-hmm. that's... Yeah. So, so listen, listen. All right. So we got to get this ranking here. I know that's the mm-hmm. thing. Like at the end oh, of wait. the day. Wait, wait. Terrence, Bef- to say one other thing. Just one, one last yes. thing. Uh, the track "Houses of the Holy" on Physical Graffiti, absolutely up there, like all-time favorites. Um, also, I fucking love "Trampled Underfoot" because to me it sounds like their Doobie Brothers moment. <laughs> I can see it. This is that's their fucking like long train running. Yes, like, yes. My my dad and I have talked. My dad's a huge Doobie Brothers fan. For all those who don't know, and he, him and I have talked about that. And it's that Trampled Underfoot is actually my one of my dad's favorite songs. But um, makes sense. Trampled Underfoot has is is great. Um, it's I mean. It, Loads of innuendo. Um, I, I, mean, I don't know if you guys what? know about what? Led Zeppelin and innuendo, but uh, loads of innuendo. But anyways, uh, there's again. I, I hate to keep going back to the live, but the reason I love Led Zeppelin is because they're live. But the fact that there's a great live version of Trampled Underfoot where the, they kick the tempo up and it just shows that 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 sucker can just rock. And it's 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 a great it's great it's a great song. In My Time of Dying was actually the song that, as I, I was listening to it on the way up here, that pushed Physical Graffiti up higher for me. Hmm. It's it's super long, and it's, again, another funny studio thing at the end of how they didn't really... it's it, They didn't really know how to end the song, and the producer coughs, so he says, make it my dying cough, and then he coughs, and it's kind of funny, but... <laughs> Oh, also, wait, yeah, no, I yeah. remember you know that. What I'm talking about, yeah. You hear the producer cough, and then uh, Robert cough. Plant goes, cough. Yeah. Yeah, cough, and then, then it ends, and they're kind of like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> we're millionaires. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. uh, so I think we can agree that physical graffiti, I feel like, definitely needs to be higher than six. But mm, so so are we are we between Led Zeppelin one and Led Zeppelin three for six? Is that what we're saying? No. No? I would put Led Zeppelin 3 above both 1 and Physical Graffiti. Wow. All right, guys. This is getting into it. Oh, Phil mm. Phil doesn't know what to think about that statement. Because I, I think 3 should be higher than 1, but not higher than Physical Graffiti. But that's just Okay. Me. I mean, I think that's a decent compromise. <laughs> Let's... Uh, here, well, here, so are we... Are we Maybe I'm jumping ahead, and if I am, stop me. But are we in agreement that in some combination, four, two, and Houses of the Holy will be in the top three of four, some sort? two, three, one? And oh, oh, yes. What? No, you're talking oh, about sorry, the top, exactly. the top yeah, three. Yeah, right, yes. let's top four, three. number six. So let's lock it in. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. Not even close. Not, not, not uh, even funny. Not yeah, even yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, Do let's, not joke about let's that. Put, let's put it this way. Let's put it this okay. way. Maybe we can possibly do this as a way to satisfy all parties. Not that we have to be nice, but if we want to be nice. Number six, physical graffiti under the condition that number five is Led Zeppelin 1. No. Taryn can't do it. Phil? I think I yes I I understand why you want to do that because uh-huh. physical graffiti has some shit in the back half but it just it it has so many incredible like huge almost genre breaking moments on it yeah that like Led Zeppelin one 
again, it feels like a debut. They they but have a very specific. Like debut. They, it, okay, you're right. It's right. it is an incredible debut, but it is still their debut, and you, and they're still like, Plant isn't writing yet. They are doing a well, lot of blues you know, covers. Well, you know why he's not writing yet, right? Because he was actually still under contract to CBS Records and is a solo artist. So as such, legally, he couldn't be credited as a songwriter on Led Zeppelin 1, mm. despite the fact that he still had mighty contributions to do that goddamn album. Here's another here's another that's thing. A, I, here's another little, thing yeah. I'll throw. Okay, here's another thing I'll throw in there. <laughs> uh-huh. And this maybe this will convince you, maybe it won't. Led Zeppelin 3, number six. No. <laughs> Why physical graffiti needs to be above Zeppelin One is because um, if we're talking, we're talking songwriting. Cover, 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 cover. Half the half the record, half the record is covers. The physical graffiti. I'm pretty sure, like probably, well, out of the fifteen, probably. I don't even know if any of them are, are not, are, right. are not so let me original point out music. So- original songs they wrote. Original song, original song, original song. I'm pointing to Wanton Song, Boogie with Stu, Black Country, Woman, and Sick Again as original songs, too. Like, I don't buy the necessarily doing the covers argument as necessarily being a detriment to their artistic it, I, abilities. I, I agree when the covers aren't songs that, like, I particularly need to listen to. Sure, some of them are, mm-hmm. but I just, I, I think that the incredible... There are there are more songs on physical graffiti that are in like among the best songs they've ever written. When you have, I mean, that well, side that A, first, that, that, side that, A right. that first that first record, that first LP, like there are band. those six songs in my opinion are better than the nine on Led Zeppelin. And I would say four of them are better than any of the songs on Led Zeppelin One. And to be clear, again, if you rewind the tape, we still use tape, right? If you rewind the tape. I have nothing but love for Led Zeppelin One. It is a fantastic album. I just think. I think Evans outvoted. I think Led Zeppelin One is at number six. <laughs> Phil really doesn't want to agree with that. He doesn't want to uh, accept too many. I don't. I don't want. Want I'm to just the guest, man. <laughs> I. I no, you are part of it now. Okay, <laughs> you are in it. You are. There is blood and scars and everything. All I right. think if we. I think. Here's what I'm going to say too. Right. I. I let. I let. I let presence get. Get demoted down, even though I didn't want it, because I love uh-huh. I love a lot of songs that are not a lot of songs. There aren't even a lot of songs on Presence <laughs> to begin with. Right. I love three of the seven on on Presence, and so I just feel like you should just get over yourself. Okay, and let us the, put. Yeah, the, the, no, for the record, I, I want the rec- record to know that you didn't see the face that Phil gave me. And it's just like you need to get over yourself. <laughs> is what you need to do. Right, in that some... case, guys, let's just go ahead and uh, mark it up here. Uh, before you do anything else, that means number nine is Presence, number eight is In Through the Outdoor, number seven is Coda, number six uh, somehow is Led Zeppelin 1, even though it's wrong, and number five is Physical Graffiti, and on top of it, guys, I want to point out another important fact. We have been talking about Led Zeppelin for 51 minutes. Uh, we have four trailblazing albums left to go. For what? Listen, what, 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 let's have one through three. There's got to be a lot to say about it. On top of House That's of the Holy. That's true. We're gonna, there's yeah, got to be a lot to say. Be, so guys, just long. for the sake of consistency and also not to have you listen to a 90-minute podcast because whoever wants to listen to a podcast is over an hour. That's crazy. We're going to end it right here on a part one. But let me just say, first off, before anything else, 
Phil O'Reilly, thank you for being here. This has been incredible, and despite your evil of outvoting Led Zeppelin 1, I want to say... <laughs> well, I appreciate you, you, you looking great, You're great it. and fantastic. Taryn, of course, as always, you should go without saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, listen, uh, we're going to go ahead and dive into a little bit more on the part two where we rank the definitive number one greatest Led Zeppelin album of all time. In the meantime, do us a favor... Leave us your ranking on these albums here, numbers, you know, nine through five on their Facebook page. <laughs> right. Go ahead, uh, rate us on iTunes, favorite us on Stitcher, do all the things in all the places and share the shit out of this because we put a lot of effort into it, kind of sort of maybe we're drunk. Also, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, in the meantime, keep on listening. You know, that will be part two. Thank you so much. Goodbye. <laughs>